Yo, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So, uh, when I last abandoned all hope for the future, it was because it was the middle of winter, and it was so incredibly cold outside, and all the coffee shops and stuff were all closed due to COVID protocols, that I gave up. I decided I would take a break from writing because, uh, the circumstances of the natural world were crushing me into a tiny cube. And then last episode, I rambled about anime for a very long time. So I just thought I'd update on that real quick. I basically took a break for, I'm gonna say about two weeks. I think it was actually a little less than two weeks. But that's how long it took for the, uh, the ludicrous deep freeze of winter to pass. And I think it was, uh, it was a good call, because again, it's just, just insane, you know? I truly hope that in my lifetime there's never a circumstance like that again of just like everything is closed and it's super freezing and there's just literally nowhere to go if you don't want to write at home. I mean, whew. if that happens again, like, what will that mean? That we're in like actual Mad Max? That the actual post-apocalypse happened? So yeah, that was definitely the right choice, and uh, and yeah, it wasn't really that long that I just straight up stopped writing. So now we're into spring, and uh, yeah, the temperature swings are just insane in Canada. But it's such easy mode, because uh, compared to the wintertime when it was just death, you know, like everything was freezing cold and I was having a very hard time with my routine of, because uh, as I've described millions of times, I'm not productive at home. It's hard to focus. I just get distracted by other stuff. The day slips away. I just end up not doing anything. And even if I do writing at home, it feels bad. I just don't like it. I gotta get up. I gotta get moving. I gotta go walk for an hour. Gotta let my brain settle and unravel. And that was impossible in the winter. Compared to that, this is easy mode. Holy fuck, because the weather got really warm, really fast. But the mosquitoes aren't out yet. The dreaded mosquitoes that I'm always complaining about in Atlantic Canada. So yeah, this is like easy mode. I guess there was also a time change, so that helps too, but... Instead of just struggling like I'm fighting with the devil, <laughs> like I'm just struggling with all my might to get writing done. Instead, it'd be like, I'd be dragging my heels and just kind of fucking up with my day and not get up and out of the house till like 4 p.m. And there would still be hours of sunlight already. <laughs> you know, it used to be that at 4 p.m. it was like dark. Now it's like, man, I still have three or four hours before it's gonna be dark and it's warm out and there's no insects yet just wander out and ramble through the woods and go sit somewhere and do some writing. And it's like, oh man. <laughs> you know, in some ways it's like, I don't think I'm asking that much of life. But I guess you could argue that <laughs> what I'm asking for is for the whole environment to be good. But I mean, it, it is for most people, right? Like fucking Canada, like most people live in places where it is more or less temperate most of the time, you know? And I guess that's kind of what had happened with me too, 
with traveling because I would just travel around. I wasn't stuck. But anyway, yeah, I got over that horrible nightmare hump. Now everything's much easier. Of course the insects are going to come out soon, so I'm going to have to... You know, that'll uh, mess me up a little, but I've got uh, plans, you know, I've got... I'm going to make little mosquito net tents out in the woods, so... I won't be quite as free. I can't just free roam and just, you know, go wherever. Like I can right now. I'll have to get up, put on my little mosquito mesh suit, walk through the woods to one of my, my pavilions, and then do writing there, but that's fine, you know. It's kind of like going to a coffee shop, except in this case I'm going to my little mosquito tent in the woods. But yeah, everything's going all right. So much so that even, so today, today was one of these days where I was kind of dragging my feet and sort of taking a little too long to get out of the house and it's been overcast all day. And then when I finally start getting my shit together, I looked outside and saw it was raining. I was like, God damn it. And I'm looking at my dumb little Chromebook and I'm like, well, I could do the thing, I guess, where I, I open up my writing on the Chromebook and have it there so I can pick away at writing over the day. Well, but I just won't. Again, just that writing at home thing. I'm just going to get distracted and I'm not going to do it and it's going to get late and I'm going to get tired and I'm just going to be like, fuck it. But this weather is such easy mode that I realized like, hey, wait a second. It's not actually raining that hard. Like, fuck this. I can head out anyway because I discovered this thing the other day that uh, there are these little walking bridges in this park near my apartment. Because I tried different things like sitting outside under trees is no good. Even if it's very light rain, it's just too much rain to have a, a computer out. Somebody made like a little treehouse thing that nobody ever uses, so it's just kind of a platform. But it's uh, also not quite good enough. A lot of holes between the slats of the boards. And just uh, holding an umbrella, and it's just hard to do. But this bridge, I realized if I go sit under the bridge like a weird little troll, there still might be a little drip of water here or there if I can you know, keep an umbrella in the crook of my shoulder, it doesn't hurt. But I can basically sit under the bridge and do writing, even on rainy days. So I was like, wait a fucking second, I'll just go do that. Because, you know, also, besides writing or whatever, I just want to get up, I just want to go outside, I just want to go for a nice little walk. I especially kind of like these rainy days because it reminds me a lot of Vancouver and the West Coast. Feels good to be out here. Again, it's just this precious time when everything's warm and beautiful and there's not insects everywhere. It's like, this is the best. And now that I'm out here, it has pretty much stopped raining. It's still overcast, so it might start again, but... Thank goodness I didn't just stay home. <laughs> Fucking... So I'm on my way to go sit under the bridge, do some writing. But I thought I would blab about uh, a couple little things that I had on my mind. Like, I guess this idea that, like, uh, you know, really what is important in my day is just to go for a walk outside and be in nature, get my little nature bath. And the uh, side effect of it is that I'll do some writing. And even when I was traveling and stuff, I think that's one reason why 
I was not concerned about uh, seeing things or specific uh, travel stories or like, oh, I saw this or I did that, because that wasn't the point. The point was just to travel and while I'm traveling, do some writing. Like writing is always the side effect in my life. It's not necessarily the primary thing. And I think maybe that shows or maybe that is a, a reason why or a way to explain why I go so slow, why it takes forever. Because speaking of springtime, just made me think of my episode from last spring. It's just called Spring, I think. Now that this podcast is so slow and intermittent, it wasn't that many episodes ago. And it's just like, man, yeah, that's another spring already. I just remember last spring talking about like, oh, I sure wish I could travel. But I'm getting toward the end of the book, you know, it's getting close. And I think back to like the year before that, <laughs> I was in like Toronto, maybe more than a year before that. But, you know, I've basically been saying like, oh, I'm coming to the end of this book for at least two years now. And again, like I am closer. I'm so close now. I'm like two chapters away, just so close. But just, yeah, a year went by, another year, it's another spring. And it's like, shit, dude, I'm still, I'm still just creeping toward the end. What the fuck? And I guess that's been, you know, the early parts of this podcast were very different. <laughs> just like, here's a, an excited, exuberant writer setting off on a new project where the whole second half or second, you know, the, the back three quarters really of this podcast has been the difficult, slow trudge. And it's weird because I can describe what it feels like. I just can't describe why it's like this. Because like it's basically like this story I'm writing. It's like it just gets bigger. At first it was like a little boat, little speedboat, <laughs> maneuverable, quick, could dart around, could quickly turn. And then as I just keep adding to it and adding to it and putting more pieces on, now it's like a giant fucking battleship and it's just like blah. Very slow, very laborious, turning it around takes forever. But this isn't like uh, necessarily how writing is for everybody. It's definitely how it is for me. But I've been listening to uh, Brandon Sanderson. To be honest, I have not read any of his books, <laughs> but, uh, but I always liked listening to him talk about writing. He used to be on a writing podcast I listened to back in the day. And I stumbled across his YouTube channel. Since COVID started, he's been putting up like university lectures and all kinds of stuff about writing. So if you just need somebody to blab to you about writing, you can like convert those bad boys to MP3, listen to them while you walk around. It's not bad. But fucking Brandon Sanderson, I mean, he's a uh, fantasy writer, you know, famous for big fat books. So during COVID times when he didn't have to travel anymore and he had this extra free time, <laughs> he's like, I wrote an extra book and I'm going to put it out through crowdfunding. And it became like, man, maybe the biggest Kickstarter of all time did extremely well. But he's like, and that's not all. I didn't just write one book. I wrote this book and this book and this book. He wrote like four or five extra books <laughs> over the last two years. 
And there's a part of me that's like, man, that'd be pretty cool, right? Imagine being that kind of writer. You know, what if I did buckle down? Could I be that? But it doesn't seem realistic. It's just, it's just not how I function. Because again, it's just like, as much as I think it's, like I've always wanted to be a writer since I was in like second grade or something. And I think it's important and valuable and I like want to write these cool books. But in a weird way, like I really don't identify primarily as a writer. Writing is not my main gig. My main gig is just to fucking wander the earth and try to feel relatively okay about my life. You know what I'm doing right now, walking through these woods. This is the important part of my day. And the writing part is just something I'm gonna do while I'm out here as an additional benefit. Writing is the hobby, basically. And again, I think even if writing, even if I just approach it like a hobby and I only get a little done every day and it takes forever, you know, again, over my lifetime, I still feel like that'll be plenty. It'll work out fine. But cranking out the books is not for me. And, and like, it's a fleeting idea of like, oh, that would be cool. But when I think about it, it's just not realistic. Like I can't even really envision it in a believable way. Like this book I'm writing now, like sure I've been stuck creeping through the end game for like two fucking years. But when I try to imagine the alternate version of myself who really buckled down and who worked twice as hard, I can't imagine it. Like I don't know who that guy is and I can't really envision what that book is. Like once in a while when I do those really granular episodes where I describe like getting from one story beat to the next story beat to the next story beat, it's still like that and it's been like that the whole time. So uh, if I try to imagine going faster, it's like, man, there's so many of those granular details that I would have, that would be different or would be missing or would be fucked up. And when I imagine my, <laughs> like an alternate version of myself just reading this book, I want that alternate version of me to be flabbergasted. I want that guy to be knocked on his ass. I want him to read this book and go, whoa, whoa, what a fucking weird book. Look how, like, like I want the clockwork of this book to astound that guy, <laughs> you know, of like, like this story is not for everybody, but if this story is for you, I want it to be for you times 10. I want you to just be, I want you to marvel at all the little things that are like, whoa, what a strange little detail. What a strange thing to add. What a strange choice. But how, how awesome is that? You know, I don't want to miss any of those things. And if I went faster, I would. So even if I did buckle down and became a faster writer, I think it would be that I would work on more things. I would work on more things at once, but any individual given story is not gonna go any faster. It's just not how my process works. It's not how my mind works. And if I'm not, uh, like what's the word? 
if I'm not being true to the process, if I'm not respecting this process, like I would rather just not do it. I don't want to write my version of a half-assed book. I don't want a half-assed Keith McNally book. There's no reason. It'd be better to just not bother. <laughs> you know, there's enough, there's enough half-assed books in the world. And I'm not saying this book is so fucking amazing or so fucking special or so fucking great. It might not be. People might not like it. It might not mean shit to most people. It's just important to me that the specific people who would like it, who would be on my wavelength, or like I was saying, if it was like me from an alternate dimension reading this book, I don't want to let that person down. I want this book to be everything it can be that they would like respond to, you know? I mean, I really, I just really do believe I can make a book that for people of my particular disposition will just like cut through the chaff, will just be like, boom, you know, like, holy fuck. And it takes as long as it takes, <laughs> you know? Getting older and uh, learning about my own process and, you know, getting more comfortable with how I am as a writer, I expected it would make me faster. <laughs> it didn't, it just didn't, and it's not gonna. But I guess that's part of the learning process and I'm all right with it. I'm all right with how slow it is. But, it, I mean, it really is brutal. <laughs> like another year, and now when I'm thinking to next spring, it's like, I'm confident by next spring I'll be done this draft of this book, but again, that's the first draft. There's so much more to do. There's so much more to do from there. Like, I wish I could offer that exciting version of being a writer. Like, this podcast has done better than I expected that it would. The early episodes in particular have a lot of fucking downloads. And then obviously as it goes on, not everybody has made it this far. Not everybody's still on board. Because I think the people who are still on board, they're down with this idea of just... You know, at first it was a chronicle of the excitingness of kicking off a new project. Now it's a chronicle of the slow grind. Some people are down for that and want to hear about the slow grind. And that's, you know, all I can do is just chronicle. <laughs> Here's what it's like, you know, I can just tell you the truth about what it's like and it's kind of slow and it's kind of boring, but it's just what it is. But uh, the numbers don't lie. Not everybody cares about that. They, they would prefer the energy of the early part. And just that, that, that wish, that hope that it could be like that. That my early self that was like, you know, I expected this book to take me two years, but at the rate things are going, it might take a year. It's crazy how fast it's going. It would be so nice to be able to present that. Here's how to do that. Here's that method. But that just doesn't exist. <laughs> I didn't find it. It's not true. It was just a hope. It was a pipe dream. It was the cool, flashy version of being a writer that, at least in my case, is not how it's going to be. But it's kind of handy in a way, I guess, just to, just to handle, to deal with my own imposter syndrome. To just look at it that way of like, yeah, I'm afraid I'm not the really buckle down, get a lot of writing done. I'm not the Brandon Sanderson type of guy. I'm just not. 
I'm the hobbyist writer. Writing is the hobby part of my life. Even if I do it every day, even if it's kind of the most important thing, that's just not the approach that works for me. And treating it as a hobby, treating it as a secondary concern in my day, you know, that's just that my basic physical and mental health is the number one concern and number two is just do some writing every day. I'm basically okay with that. I've made my peace. But it does help kind of to just sort of label myself in my own brain as hobbyist writer. Doesn't sound as flashy, doesn't sound as cool. It's not as awesome as like, yeah, I fucking just sit down at the fucking grindstone and every day I write for hours and hours and hours. Well, I don't. I don't and I'm not gonna. That never worked. That kind of shit always burned me out. And this has not burned me out. I'm still going. I'm still trudging. Still haven't stopped. But it's also interesting. Again, it's like I'm just sort of examining the, the shit inside my myself, my own little methods and stuff without really understanding it. I'm just observing it and learning about it, which I guess is good enough. But being in this twilight zone, this like end of the book thing where it's just like crazy how like these final two chapters that I'm writing easily feel the equivalent of the first dozen chapters, probably the first 20 chapters of the book. Everything just gets slower, time dilates, everything stretches out, gets harder and harder. But what I thought is kind of interesting is this has happened to me before. <laughs> I sort of forgot about this. I was looking at the nonfiction book I wrote, my video game book about The Last of Us, available for free at keithcourage.com. You know, it's one of those things whenever somebody mentions that they like something that I did, it's like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll take a little victory lap. I'll go gaze at it and remember the, how cool it was. So I was just sort of scrolling through it, reading little parts here and there. And I really, I like that book. I'm really proud of it. It's weird because I was working on the audio book version of it. And that project is really kind of ground to a halt because it just never, it never worked out. It was just a weird thing where because it's written in this very conversational, casual style, and obviously these podcasts are just conversational, I thought it would be no problem to record an audiobook. Like, hey, those two things, don't they go together? And it was just such a weird discovery that they don't. Because if you, like I started over with trying to read an audiobook version of it like three times, because if I read it stiffly, like I'm trying to make a real audiobook, it felt very wrong and stiff and awkward because it's not written that way. I think I could probably do an okay audiobook of like a, I don't know, like a, a history book or something, but, but this thing that's just casual and full of dumb jokes and shit, reading it in a serious way felt weird. So I thought, okay, well, since it's written in an offhand way, what if I just read it in an offhand way? But that was weird because then it wasn't really an audiobook. It was just me kind of uh, summarizing more than reading. I was just offhandedly presenting the offhanded book. It just made no sense. That one didn't work at all. That was just weird. And then finally, the best I could come up with is just extreme exuberance. <laughs> if I just halfway yelled this book, then it kind of was like, all right, this'll do. It was uh, good enough that I could just kind of keep going. 
but it's just not right. It just doesn't feel right, <laughs> you know? And it kind of did its job anyway, because it's just another potential way for people to know that fucking there's this Last of Us book. They could stumble upon the podcast version. They could stumble upon the YouTube videos. And then ideally, they'll just go read the actual book. So I might not ever actually finish that because I just don't like it that much, the audiobook version. However, the real version, the text version, when I was reading it over, I'm like, I love this. This is so good. <laughs> like, it's just such a weird stream of consciousness book full of weird asides and dumb jokes. And then mixed in there are some fancy pants thoughts about video game storytelling and shit. But what I thought was kind of interesting, because I forgot all about this, I was just scrolling through, blah, blah, blah. And toward the end of that book, because, again, it was so stream of consciousness and just kind of a weird book, I just threw in a bunch of wacky shit. I was going through this same thing at the end of that book where I was, like, losing my mind. You know, I hadn't really gotten a daily grind down yet at that point. I took many breaks. And toward the end of that book, it was this same feeling. It was just like, I know I'm getting close to the end, but I can never seem to get there. And it's feeling heavier and heavier. And the battleship is slower and slower. And there are parts in the book, a bunch of parts, where I just am writing about what the fuck is happening? Why am I staring into this goddamn existential abyss? of Lovecraftian fucking horror. Why won't this book end? Why can't I focus? Why is my brain unraveling? Why can't I do this? <laughs> you know? But I just thought that was interesting to realize like, yeah, this happened with that too. And this is always gonna happen. This is gonna happen with everything I write. The start's gonna be easy. The middle's gonna be harder. And the end is gonna be like, like I'm carrying the Empire State Building, like just insane. Like you're just in crazy town. And it's just, again, I, I can't explain why. I don't know why it feels like this. I just know that it does. And it really is like, oh, this is why people don't do this. This is why people don't write novels because it's so insane. You just end up in this insane version of your life this just endless Groundhog Day where you're working and working and working and you never seem to get to the end and you don't know what's going on and only a crazy person would fucking do this. But if I just keep trudging, <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. But again, it's like weird. This, like, this whole podcast has become like a pep talk to myself where I'm just constantly trying because I've, I've kind of done variations of this podcast already halfway apologizing for how slow things are going and that it's not this exciting thing like it was when it started and I know I'm still not done <laughs> but but it's all I can do is report report on what it's like what's happening the uncomfortable truth but at the same time not really worried fairly confident that everything's going to be fine if I just keep trudging Oh, even that, what else, was there something else I was gonna say? My brain, I feel like, just trying to explain that, just trying to get that out. It's like my brain is dissolved. It's like, do you remember there was this old drink in the 90s called Orbitz, where it was just like 
you know, like soda pop, but it had little floating balls in it. And it was like the perfect viscosity that these balls, they were like a little edible, sort of like the tapioca balls in, uh, in bubble tea or whatever. But they would float perfectly in the drink. And I wasn't even a very big fan of that drink, but I just always think of it when I think about something dissolving. When I think about my own brain coming apart, I just imagine the balls of the orbits floating. That's what my brain feels like. It's gone. It's done. I'm done for. I got nothing else now. Here, hold on. I've got a little travel mug with some coffee. I'm going to stop tromping around for a moment. Just stand here in the woods, take a little sip, see if there was anything else I wanted to say to finish this off. I should have at least had a song in mind, right? Song of the day, what am I gonna play? I don't know, I really did feel like I had something else to say. Man, I got some rubber boots, sweet. <laughs> I got huge ass rubber boots that come up almost to my knee. And I can just tromp through these woods and through all this swampland. That's why we have so many mosquitoes in New Brunswick, Canada, is because it's swampland out here. And this is the best. I can just tromp around anywhere I want. It doesn't matter. I found a geocache the other day. If you're following my Instagram, NovelPod, you can see me sitting under the bridge <laughs> and finding the geocache box. But yeah, you're supposed to, you know, have a, a GPS and find the location of these cool little lock boxes. I just found it by accident because I was tromping through the most insane part of these woods. Yeah, whatever. I guess that's it. That's what I got. Oh, I guess I was going to say, speaking of springtime, yeah, and last, uh, last spring where I was like, man, I sure wish I could travel. This spring, man, I sure wish I could travel. And I really feel like by next spring, I'm just going to get out of here, no matter what. Like, I could almost leave now. I feel like we're at the point now, I could probably go to Montreal or Vancouver or something, and it would be, you know, it's still a pretty COVID-y world out there, but I might be able to, it'd probably be okay. But I don't especially see the point in traveling yet because Japan's still not open. You know, that's really what I want to do. I really just want to go to Japan. Until then, not a huge reason to leave. And uh, I'm kind of locked into a little lease here for the next year. So that's another one of these, like, the uh, dilation of time. You know, I can't believe it was last spring so quickly. And now it's this spring again. And, you know, again, it's like, it's, it seems like a long time. It's like another year. Holy crap. And that's another aspect of this podcast that was way more fun at first. It's like, hey, I'm in Vancouver. Oh, I'm in Montreal. I'm in Toronto. I'm in Amsterdam. I'm in Japan. Oh. Now it's like, hey, I'm in New Brunswick for two fucking years and it's going to be another year. Blah. But on the other hand, a year, you know, it goes by fast. My mom reminded me the other day. She's like, hey, you realize it's been a year since your dad died? And I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. I just, for whatever reason, I could never remember my dad's birthday and he died right before his birthday. But I never remember <laughs> when his birthday is, so I didn't. I didn't realize it had been a year, but I was like, fuck, you're right, that's crazy. Point is, a year goes by fast, so 
another year won't really be that long. And presumably Japan will be open by then, but even if it's not, I think it's just time to go at that point. Time to get traveling again. It's like, you know, I think at that point I'll be at the point that like, if I had to guarantee I would get COVID by traveling, I might still do it. It might still be worth it. It's like, I'll roll the dice. I gotta just, I gotta get out of here. I gotta do something. And I mean, I was kind of pushing the uh, bohemian hobo lifestyle as it was managing to make it work but yeah now that my dad has passed away i mean just the fact of the matter is i just don't think i'm gonna need to get a job <laughs> you know i think i can just travel around and i like to think my dad of all people would not he wouldn't want me to get a job <laughs> he uh soft retired a long time ago where he barely ever went to work anymore he just hung out with his friends and smoked weed all the time. He would want me <laughs> to spend his money traveling around. And you know, I am a cheap traveler. I'm a cheap date. So I think that's the plan. And that's something I heard the other day. I kind of like this little quote. Because you know, it's easy to... Uh, I mean, trust me, I fucking... I did my time working fucking retail jobs and all that bullshit. I remember this one time in Vancouver, I was so poor and so unwilling to ask my parents for money, which as I got older, I was like, that's okay. I, it was when I moved to the States actually, and I didn't have a proper work visa. That's when I got comfortable asking my parents for money because <laughs> my parents are quite well off. But before then, I was like, no, I gotta be independent. Gotta do it all myself. And I mean, I gotta admit, I was, more proud of myself in those days in certain ways of being self-sufficient but on the other hand i was miserably poor all the time working at a fucking coffee shop like i remember when i bought a giant bag of no-name cornflakes and i was pouring it into a container you know an airtight container because i was just so fucking poor the west coast was weird it's like the most expensive province in Canada, but it also, for a long time, was the lowest minimum wage. Anyway, I accidentally poured a bunch of the cornflakes on the ground. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that, I am not letting these go to waste. And I picked up the cornflake flakes one at a time and blew them off. I mean, they just fell on my kitchen floor, they were probably fine, but I blew on each one individually to get any little particles off it and put it in the stupid Tupperware container. <laughs> so I was like, I cannot afford not to do this. I'm so fucking poor. So yeah, thanks to uh, my dad's decades and decades of toiling away as a real estate lawyer. It's just, this is, I'm not gonna have to do that anymore. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's a uh, you know, it's easy to be a little disdainful of people that don't have to work, you know? It's like, oh, it must be nice. Just travel around the world and write a novel. Ooh la di da. To that, I would say, well, you know, if I could have my dad back and just go get a job at Costco, I would do that. That would be fine. But I heard this quote that's kind of neat, too. Of If you look at it the other way, it's neat that once the pressures of basic survival 
are gone once someone doesn't have to deal with that anymore. It's neat to see that what people tend to default to is making art. You know, and maybe the art's no good. Maybe the lack of pressure in their life makes them not produce compelling stuff. But it's kind of neat to look at it that way of just like, yeah, you know, you could be, you could be a little bitter about other people's circumstances and that they've got it a little easy. <laughs> or you could just go like, oh, that's interesting. Hey, what happens when a guy doesn't have to fucking pick up individual flakes of cornflakes from the floor? Oh, he writes a novel. <laughs> that's neat. But anyway, yeah, another, another year here in the hometown. Man, that bummed me out. <laughs> kind of put a little lump in my throat. So, for the song of the day, let's play a song my dad liked. So, uh, when me and my brother were little, my dad had this really awesome stereo and tons of records. And as a, a weird little technique to make us go to bed, it's weird that this worked, but it did. He'd say like, hey, if you guys fucking go up and get into bed right now, I'll put on Boris the Spider by The Who, which is this really cool song with all this really cool low end. And I'll turn it up to full volume so you can just hear it rattle through the house. <laughs> and we were like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So he would always play as Boris the Spider, but that was when I was really little and I forgot all about it until I was visiting Montreal in 2003. I went with some friends to go see wrestling. Triple H versus Scott Steiner 2. <laughs> and I went into this cool little underground clothing shop on St. Catherine Street, like literally underground, like you go down the steps into this place. And they were playing Boris the Spider, and I was like, fuck! Just all those memories came back. I was like, fuck yeah, Boris the fucking Spider, holy shit. So let's listen to that. Thank you for listening. Like I said, two more chapters to go. I'm real close to the end of this one I'm writing now, so hey, maybe next time I stop in, maybe there'll only be one more chapter to go. Whatever, we'll see. See you then. Adios.
Sticky.